All right, what if there was someone who wanted to help you find a job? Choose Express Employment Professionals, and that is exactly what you're going to get. They can help you find work in any industry. With just one interview at Express, you have a connection to endless jobs. Whether you want a contract job, a new full-time role, or a summer job, choose Express Employment Professionals. Express has more than 860 locally owned locations and no fees for job seekers. Visit ExpressPros.com today to find a location near you. Summer is upon us, and whatever you have going on, a vacation, a staycation, a summer wedding, well, Macy's has you covered. If you need summer dresses, matching sets, volume sleeve tops, wedges, straw-crafted bags, I mean, really, they have what you need head to toe. I'm talking Levi's, Dolce Vita, Lacoste, and more. So shop summer must-haves at Macy's. Go to Macy's.com slash style. Again, that's Macy's.com slash style. Something I for sure love having in my home is super clean countertops. And I love when it smells good too. So you can bring the vacation vibes to your home with coconut scented Clorox Sentiva. It smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy with a refreshing scent that'll transform your space into a tropical island retreat and give you a powerful clean. No plane ticket required. Unleash your self-expression with the enchanting coconut fragrance of Clorox Sentiva. You can get yours at a nearby retail store, also available in grapefruit or lavender scents. All summer, the best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Life ain't always pretty, but hey, it's pretty beautiful, thing. Laugh a little more, things. Tight, tighten up your core, things. Said EK, you're kicking it with four things. With Amy Brown. Happy Thursday. I am honored to be here with my guests for today because we have a really cool announcement to make. And then also what we're going to be discussing, I think, is coming at a crucial time for uh, the mental state of the world right now as we roll into the holidays. And I'm sitting here on Zoom with licensed therapist, author, grief expert, all the things, Megan Devine. Hey, Megan. Hey, nice to be here. I I love that you're coming back on, especially this time of the year, the things we're going to get into right now. Um, Megan was on in July. If you're an avid listener of the podcast, you remember she came on to talk about her new grief journal, How to Carry What Can't Be Fixed. And she also has a book, It's Okay That You're Not Okay. I heard from so many people, Megan, by the way, after our episode, where they ordered your book or ordered your journal, or they were just at least diving in to do more research to look into what grief looks like for them. And I just, I thought I would pass that along to you because- Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it was a, it was a special conversation. I know that that helped so many people. So now for the cool part, 
Megan is launching her own podcast, and it is called Hereafter with Megan Devine. And I'm honored to have her join the Amy Brown Podcast Network. You are in good company, Megan, and we are just beyond pumped to have you and your expertise. So why don't you go ahead and share with people real quick what your plan is for the podcast, your expectations, and what your hope is for it. So I'm super excited about this show. As you said, it's called Hereafter with me, Megan Devine. And the first episode comes out on Monday, December 6th. So coming right up. And this show is really about helping the helpers, right? There's a lot of talk out there right now about mental health and how important it is to be paying attention to your mental health. But who helps the folks who are supposed to be paying attention to the mental health of the world, right? Like if your job as a doctor or a nurse or a therapist or a first responder is to sort of hold on to the pain of the world, what happens when you can't hold anymore? It's a weekly show. Sometimes I'm going to have a guest, but for the most part, it's going to be me and you, all of the listeners, talking about the tough parts of life, right? What to do after life goes horribly wrong, which sounds like a little bit of a downer, but, you know, these are important conversations and pain can be kind of awkward to talk about. But once you get started, it's actually much easier. Well, I'm super thankful that you're a resource for the people that may not have anywhere to turn because at the end of the day, it's like, okay, well, I don't know who I turn to now because I just I just got done handling all of this and healthcare workers. I think that's huge, especially right now. Like, yeah, let them know about this podcast because it could be amazing for them to have this like weekly support chat with Megan. Like, because I know, Megan, you're it's going to be like you're just, you know, sitting there talking with a friend and they'll they'll have you as that friend, that resource. And how can you come alongside and support them, too, as a friend or a loved one? And that's kind of, too, what we're even going to get into in our chat. Yeah. And that that's actually a great uh, bridge back to our earlier episode, too, Amy, where we were talking about how do you show up for people having a hard time? You know, this is a, a great conversation to have. And I would say just in, in like the cliff notes of it, if you've got a healthcare worker in your life, same things you would do if somebody was grieving a death. You want to do tangible, actionable things to support alongside them, right? So don't have 10 bags of groceries delivered to their door because then they have to figure out what the heck they're going to do with 10 bags of groceries and maybe the refrigerator's full or they're working 18-hour shifts. Send some meal delivery gift cards or give them a gift certificate for a massage or, you know, something. Do something that makes their day-to-day -day life a little bit easier, a little bit more streamlined. You can't really go wrong with focusing on, like, human needs. So food, shelter, errands, any of those things. Your job isn't to take away their pain and stress. That is way too big of an elephant for you to do on your own. But as with any other kind of hard time, you want to come up alongside with somebody and add more structure and more support to the life around them. Yeah. And people can check out our last chat together. Again, that was back in July. But today, what I wanted to get into, since I have you on with, with this announcement, was just the holidays are here. And that's an interesting time for people and families. And for me personally, grieving the loss of my dad this year and my first Thanksgiving without him and then my first Christmas. And of course, I have lost my mom too, but they're two very different people that were in my life. And so just for people listening right now, whatever you, you might be going through, um, that's what we're going to get into in this episode. I always like to have conversations about the holidays and grief by saying the holidays are almost always hard in some way. 
right? Whether you've lost somebody or not. I, like, this is why we have all of these holiday movies about the trauma of going home for the holidays. Like, holidays are stressful, even under the best of circumstances. And we're certainly not in the best of circumstances for a lot of families. The last couple of years have been really rough. Lots of people have lost one family member, several family members, jobs, homes. There is a lot of heaviness coming into the holiday season. I know you and I were going to talk about this sort of in relation to how you're greeting the holidays this first year without your dad. And I, I want to frame that by saying, one, to, to just acknowledge the fact that the holidays are tough and nobody knows the right way to do anything. Just like with any other kind of how do we deal with, with grief, dealing with grief in the holidays, there's no one right way. There's no magic thing that if you hang the lights this way or, you know, you light the candles in this, you know, in this window, like there's no magic thing that's going to make a beautiful holiday season. But that being said, there are some things that you can do to help make it a holiday season that feels right for you and the people you care about. Before you get into some of those things, I also want to just say I set that up as like maybe you've lost someone, but there can be mm. different types of grief throughout the holidays. And it may not be that someone has died or passed on. It could be a relationship has ended. There's been a divorce. There's been some sort of loss of what you thought your life was going to have or a, a future you had. And I think while I have lost actual physical loved ones. They have passed on. I too have also been in a season of life where I've had a lot of things that I've been going through and processing, and I have had to do some grieving of my future mm. and what I thought it would be. So I just felt like it was important to recognize those people too, that this episode is really for everyone and anyone, because I don't know anyone. In the everyone whole... being human at this time. Exactly. Yeah. Everyone being yeah. human at this time. So no matter what it is that people are going through, what do you have for us in terms of how we navigate the holidays? If you don't mind, let's start with your what you were telling me about your story of greeting the holiday season after your dad's death, because I think that's a great entry point into how we get through all this. Yeah. So um, my dad passed away in April and I lost my mom in 2014. So I feel like losing him you know, I was like, well, I've been here before. I kind of know what to do. But I actually grieved both of them very differently. Um, I feel like I was in a, a healthier place with more support around me on how to better handle my dad. And plus, they could just look different anyway. But they look sure. different because I process them different. And I process the trauma and the healing all in a very different way. But it also brought up a lot of those same feelings again. It was almost like, boom, I could feel exactly how I felt you know, in 2014. So for me, something that helped me, especially because both of my parents loved to cook and they loved food and they loved hosting and having family. So I wanted to be intentional about not just throwing myself into something to distract feelings by any means. I don't, I didn't want to numb it out by being like, well, if I have all these people and this is what mom and dad would do. And so I need to do it because I'm in a good place. I was able to, to separate it and know like, okay, I need to do what's best for me. And if I want to have a house full of people, I will do that. If not, I'm going to just keep it small and intimate. And that's what's going to be best for our family or me at the time. So Thanksgiving has passed. Now we're rolling into Christmas and I'm open to a house full of people. We did it for Thanksgiving and it warmed my heart to use some of my mom's dishes to make her deviled eggs that she loved. My dad makes this amazing stuffing that nobody else I feel like could make in the world. I tried to do it justice, but 
I didn't, but I mean, I tried. I ordered tamales because my dad loves having tamales around the holidays. For He's from South Texas, and he's like, everybody has tamales during Thanksgiving and Christmas season, for sure. So those are little ways that I honored them and sprinkled that in, and that's what I plan to do with Christmas, too. And, and that helped me. But I could see where maybe for some people, they don't want to have anything that's going to remind them of their loved one in any way, shape, or form at this time. But for me, it was therapeutic and helpful, and I'm, I'm excited to, to do it again at Christmas time. I love how you set that up, Amy, that you, like when my mom died in 2014, that was one, one experience. And then when my dad died this year, that was a totally different experience. I want to pull out one thing you said, which was, I'm going to paraphrase it a little bit, but I heard you say, like, my dad's death... I had more support around me and more community and I knew more of what I needed. And this is a really important thing here, right? Like the, the grief around losing someone you love, like that, that's an immovable object, right? Like it's not going to fix the fact that you're missing somebody, but having support and self insight and understanding what you need for yourself, that makes a big difference between how much you suffer after you lose someone you love or you go through something life altering, right? How much you suffer is what can get changed with the amount of support you have, how well you understand yourself, the things that you do to care for yourself. So I want to start there and then jump into, I love your holidays, right? And I also love your holidays because you started out by saying, this is what worked for me. Right. So a lot of us are guilty of doing that whole last minute shopping thing when it comes to holidays. Like Mother's Day, you might be in that position right now. And that makes it challenging to find a great gift for mom. But don't worry, Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. So whether the mom in your life is a fashionista or maybe even a photographer or a fanatic about yoga, Macy's Gift Finder has got so many great gift ideas to make her feel special. Now Mother's Day is May 12th. So make sure you make note of that. Don't have much time. That's okay. Macy's has got you covered. And you can shop by price, $25 and under or $100 and under. You can shop by category, fragrances, handbags, and more. Or they've got gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, gifts that are already wrapped and ready to be gifted, or gifts for grandma. Top gifts include Beats headphones, digital photo frame, Polaroid camera. That would be so awesome to receive. Or my personal favorite, man, I would love to get this as a gift, Samsung Smart TV The Frame. Go to Macy's.com slash gift finder. Again, it's pretty easy. Just head on over to Macy's.com slash gift finder for the perfect inspiration for Mother's Day. I don't want to waste my time taking vitamins that aren't really going to do much for me. Like, I want research. I want to know, like, hey, this is actually doing something for my body. And Ritual knows this. That's why they conducted the research. They've done clinical trials on their Essential for Women 18-plus multivitamin. The results, well, it increased vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. And as a woman, I want healthy vitamin D levels and omega-3 levels. And all I got to do is take my Ritual Essential for Women 18 Plus Multivitamin every morning. I take them on an empty stomach, but sometimes if I forget, I may take them in the afternoon. It's really up to you when you want to take them. There's nine key nutrients in two delayed release capsules. And what the delay release capsules does for us is it optimizes our body's absorption 
of these nutrients. It's gentle on the empty stomach. Like I said, I can take it first thing in the morning and I'm totally fine. And with a minty essence in every bottle, it actually makes taking your vitamins enjoyable. No more shady business. Ritual is essential for women. 18 plus is a multivitamin that you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash four things. Start ritual or add essential for women 18 plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash four things for 25% off. All right. So I've been saving on shopping this year by only buying new clothes when I've sold some clothes that I no longer wear. And what this has done is it's forced me to be super wise when I'm adding clothes back into my closet. I want to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and that's where Quince comes into play. You can go see for yourself all the awesome stuff they have, especially for summer right now, like European linen dresses and blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, 14-karat gold jewelry, so much more. And if you're like me, you're like, hmm, this just seems too good to be true. Well, what Quince does is they partner directly with top factories, and they cut out the cost of the middleman, and they pass the savings on to us. So we are getting things for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. For example, I'm literally looking on their website right now at this open knit cover-up maxi dress that'll be great for the summer, 100% organic cotton, and it's $49.90. It could retail for $148, so that's 66% savings. And with warm weather here, you need to check out Quince. All you got to do is go to quince.com slash Amy for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Amy. You're going to get free shipping. Again, 365 day returns. That's quince.com slash Amy. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. That peace of mind means so, so much for these families. So join me in helping St. Jude in this fight. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. And, you know, you and I are sitting here and we're, we're on video so I can tell our listeners here that you have such joy on your face when you describe your holidays. And I kind of want that for everybody, knowing that what creates joy is different for every person. So I love that you also wrapped up that beautiful story by saying, like, this worked for me, might be a nightmare for somebody else. And this is the core, not just around the holidays, but any time of year, is that everybody is going to have a different need, dream, requirement. Right. I think if you've lost somebody, I think that if it's your first holiday season without your person, in your case, it's your dad. There can be a lot of sort of panic from friends and family members um, who are saying like, oh, my gosh, we have to make this the best holiday ever for her. And this means we have to like go over the top and make sure everything is perfect and festive so that they're never sad. Sort of that things that Amy wants to avoid statement that you did earlier. Like, I don't want to go crazy so that I'm like distracting myself and dissociating from the emotions. Sometimes I think that people on the outside have that. I don't know, manic need, that drive, that drive to make it a good holiday for you. So they over-engineer the whole thing. But if you don't check in to see if that's what your grieving person wants, you're probably going to miss each other. I can explain that a little bit better. So for example, Amy, if I'm your friend and I know this is your first year without your dad, and I'm like, oh man, I got to make sure she's really happy so that she's not sad on the holidays. Like she can't be alone. We have to like make a big party and bring lots of food and make a full house full of people. 
But you are like, man, all I really want for the holiday season is to be alone with myself and maybe my dog and just have some time to breathe. If I'm your friend and I never check in with you about what a good, air quotes, good holiday would look like for you, we're going to miss each other. I'm going to do this hugely engineered, complicated, lots of people to keep you from feeling alone. And you're going to go along with it because I did all this work and you don't want to let me down. I'm your friend. You want to be thankful and appreciative of all the work that I did. But you're not getting a good holiday because I didn't check in with you to see what that might mean for you. So it's always a good idea to check in with your people before you kind of come in with your ideas about what they need. You want to find out what actually would feel like a good holiday for you this year? That makes me think, too, that given that this is your passion and what you do, like giving people that permission to, you know, say that to a friend or a family member and for them to know it's an okay, healthy boundary. It doesn't mean that you need to get on or go check yourself in somewhere or, you know, I could see how if that was a response to someone, they might be like, oh my gosh, Amy's not well right now. Like she's doesn't want to do anything. She doesn't want to see anybody. She might be depressed. Well, guess what? Yeah, I might be a little bit depressed. I'm sad. So mm-hmm. yeah. And, and being sad is okay. And being sad is totally okay. But yes, like as the helpers too, I think sometimes we get caught up in that and we might try to f- continue fixing the problem when yeah. really... If someone's able to recognize that's what they need, we should applaud it and be like, oh, wow, look at you. Healthy boundary. That's right. We want to support that self-knowledge. And I, I think you're pointing at something, a bigger sort of cultural issue here is that we still have that message that your job as a friend or a supporter is to cheer your person up. Sadness is bad, right? Your job is to make them happy again, make their grief go away, make them feel better. That belief is why we do things like tell people everything happens for a reason or you're young and pretty, you can get married again, or at least, you know, you can have kids like all the things that we say to people who are going through a hard time because we think that's our job to cheer them up. We think it's our job to fix their grief for them. And we've talked about this before, and I certainly talk about this all the time. Like your job as a support person is to come up alongside your person and help them feel supported and understood and taken care of so that they can feel whatever they need to feel. Your job is not to fix their pain, but to companion them inside it. And not everybody's going to get that, right? Like we're talking about this cool ideal here where like your friends are enlightened and they understand how to show up for you and they know to come to you and say, ooh, holidays, my temptation is to make this like the best holiday of all time with like streamers and pony rides and all of these things. But before I do that, how are you feeling about this holiday season? I know it's the first one without your dad. Do you know what you might need? Like that is next level friendship communication skill. And I love that. And then, yeah, not getting offended or your feelings hurt or thinking that you've done something wrong. I mean, you might get offended. I mean, we're human, right? Like if I think, oh, I know you really well, Amy, and you're going to want this really big party. But I check in with you and you say, actually, I really don't want to talk to anybody for two weeks straight. And I booked a cabin in the woods. I mean, I might feel a little bit like, oh, I thought I knew you. I thought I had this one right. Like I thought I was going to be the best friend ever. Sometimes being humans in relationship is slightly uncomfortable. That is okay right? Being human is awkward. Let's just go with it. What advice do you have for people that are like, I don't really know how to figure out what I want. I don't know how to tap into if I want a house full of people or to be alone in a cabin in the woods or somewhere (laughs) in between. Like, 
when the weight of the world is just on us and yeah, I've been there. I'm sure you've been there. It's like, you don't feel capable of making a decision for yourself. And then I've been in a place where I don't know if I trust myself with that Mm. decision. Like, is there anything we can do to like tap into what truly would be best for us? One of the things you're describing is, uh, executive functioning deficits, right? Like I cannot make any more decisions. How the heck do I know what I'm going to need? I've never done this before. Honestly, I think you can start there with yourself to name the confusion, to know that you don't know, right? And so I think when we start there, like we want to name the struggle in the room. I have no idea what I'm going to need. You can't make a wrong choice. You can only learn from it. So if you say, well, what are some of the things that have felt good to me in hard times before? Well, maybe community has felt good to me. Might feel good to like have a small gathering, maybe as a trial run, have a small gathering and make some of dad's favorite foods and see what that looks like for me before I plan some giant thing. Maybe I take a mini retreat for an afternoon and see if like, hmm, what would this feel like on the day? These are the same kinds of questions that I think we run through when we're coming up on a significant anniversary date, a death date, or an like this is when mom entered hospice. You never know how you're going to feel until that day. I always like an escape hatch. You've done this whole thing where you feel like based on your Thanksgiving experience or the end of your holidays, you're going to go full out with community. It's okay to tell yourself, like, if there's ever a point where I feel like this is too much, here's what I'm going to do for myself. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take a walk around the block. I'm going to go play with the dog in the yard and then I'm going to come back. You might have, you know, a key person of a friend or a family member who you can give a signal to, right? Secret code, always a fan of secret codes, secret hand signals. And it's the code that means reaching capacity for what I can handle. Checking out right now. I am okay. Come look for me in half an hour if you don't see me. I love that. You know, we can't control how we're going to feel in the moment, but we can set up structures to take care of yourself, whatever shows up. I think that's less anxiety producing than trying to like make sure I have the exact right thing done so that it will not. It's going to be hard sometimes. How are you going to deal with that? You can't plan the perfect either retreat or prevent emotions from coming up. I'm sorry. You are human. They're going to follow you into the woods if that's where you go. No, I love the idea of having an escape plan. I hadn't thought of that. Or what, I don't know if that's the best way to call it. But yeah, like you know, I call like for me, it's a need the airline stewardess voice like the exits are. Right. We need the we need we need the airline stewardess voice like the exits maybe behind you. I love an escape hatch and it can help you with anxiety, too. Like when you've okay, the invitations have gone out. The food has been ordered for me. That's a three o'clock in the morning panic wake up of like, oh, crap, I can't no take backsies now. Like this is going to happen. What if I don't want to? That's an uncomfortable anxiety that I don't want to have to manage at three o'clock in the morning. So again, we come back to, okay, what are going to be my early warning signs that I'm, I'm kind of reaching capacity with what I can do so that you can take yourself out of that situation and go somewhere to find your center again and to breathe for a minute, whatever you need to do before it's like full on meltdown because somebody used the wrong spoon in, in, in the stuffing. Yeah, I feel like I can tie in one of the titles of your books, actually. Like, even if you make a decision and then suddenly you're not okay in that decision, it's yeah, it's okay, it's to, okay to not be okay in that yeah. moment, which, yeah, yeah, that's the title of one of Megan's <laughs> books. But it is. It's okay to not be okay, even if 
you know, you thought you were going to be okay, then suddenly if you're not, I'm taking in this advice right now of like, I might need this exact advice over Christmas and that I can have a signal and I can go for a walk or I can do some things that I know that are going to be good for me. And maybe I put on Adele's new Mm -hmm. album and I go to my closet and I cry and that's therapeutic for me. And then I go out and see if I can try again. And these are actually great conversations to have with family members or friends who are going to be acknowledging, I guess. We don't want to necessarily do celebrating, but like acknowledging the holidays with you, experiencing the holidays with you is to have these conversations ahead of time, right? Like, I have no idea what this date is going to be like for me. Here's my plan for when things feel a little bit stressful or overwhelming for me. If you've got family members, everybody lost one person, but everybody lost a different person, right? Like one person died, but everybody lost a different person because each relationship is unique, right? You lost your dad, other people lost a friend, or I don't know what your family structure is like, maybe you have siblings, so other people lost their dad, but each person lost a different person. So you can come together and sort of have a a conversation, I don't know, email or text or phone or in person, whatever feels comfiest for you. But to say like, we're heading into this first holiday season without dad, here's what I think I'd love to see happen. And like, let's let's use an example here. I'm going to try to keep my examples um, clear and actionable, even if we have to do 19 of them. So let's say that you've had a conversation with your family and everybody plans to gather together in one place and have that big celebration that you talked about. You can sort of preload some uh, some parameters and say, like, I'm really looking forward to coming together as a group. I do know myself that I might need to step out sometimes and sort of be alone with my feelings. I need you to know that I'm okay. I don't need to anybody to come and get me, but you know, if, if you're looking for me and you don't see me for a few minutes, just know that I'll be right back. What I love about that sort of dress rehearsal is that if you're in the moment and you're starting to feel like the situation is too much and you're gonna you're gonna deploy your escape hatch, I don't want you to get waylaid by Aunt Susan in the hallway and have to explain why you're taking a step away because then she's like, why do you need that? This should be a happy, like, I don't want you to have to do that. So wherever you can, wherever it feels reasonable to talk about the plan of the day. And it also does some permission giving to others, right? Like if you come in there as Amy knows what she needs and says like, I'm going to do this if this gets too much, what do you think this is going to be like for you. And like, maybe you can have your own escape hatch, right? It's a cool way to sort of sideways get into a group conversation about how we all do things differently and we all have different breaking points and that whatever you need to do to take care of yourself, as long as you are not harming yourself or others, is okay to do. I know we're focusing on grief and loss because we're using me as an example, losing my parents and what comes up for me around holiday season with that. But we're still living in such a crazy, heavy time. I mean, the last almost two Mm -hmm. years have been very heavy for the world. And, you know, there just might be different mental health struggles going on. Like maybe you typically enjoy the holidays. Maybe you're not really grieving a particular loss this season, but something about the holidays and celebrating just feels weird. Yeah. There are so many ways to feel weird about the holidays, right? Like, again, even outside of the pandemic years and and death and all of these things. You know, when we talk about these skills of listening to yourself, asking yourself questions, understanding what you need and advocating for yourself now and in the future and opening these interesting, sometimes challenging conversations with friends and family. This isn't stuff that you just need when life goes horribly wrong, right? Like these are like, can't come to your baby shower. These are like, 
lost my job. These are the dog was sick all night and I didn't sleep very well. And then I got into an argument with somebody and then I missed the bus and I was late for work. Like these are daily skills that we can practice anytime so that when things happen, like somebody dies or you have a chronic illness or you have something sort of not daily, not typical show up in your life, these kinds of skills aren't new to you. Listening to yourself, advocating for yourself, advocating for the people you care about, opening what feel like awkward conversations. I don't want those to be new for you in an emergency. Yeah, I'm so thankful we're having this conversation so that no matter what, any day-to-day stuff, like your your mental health is important. You're being like you who's mm-hmm. listening to us right now. It is important. And the sooner you can realize that, and I love that you keep saying advocating for yourself. I think that's the hardest thing for so many people to do at times is to, you know, they might be worried about other people or trying to just, you know, get their job done and, you know, worry about the kids and other relationships. And you kind of put yourself in the back seat, but it's that saying the common one you hear all the time about you put the oxygen mask on yourself first before you can assist other people or show up as the best, most helpful version of yourself for other people. So I understand wanting to care for others. But yes, what I want people to walk away with is that permission that doing whatever you need to do to take care of you is okay. And it's allowed. Right. So a lot of us are guilty of doing that whole last minute shopping thing when it comes to holidays, like Mother's Day. You might be in that position right now, and that makes it challenging to find a great gift for mom. But don't worry, Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. So whether the mom in your life is a fashionista or maybe even a photographer or a fanatic about yoga, Macy's Gift Finder has got so many great gift ideas to make her feel special. Now, Mother's Day is May 12th, so make sure you make note of that. Don't have much time. That's okay. Macy's has got you covered. And you can shop by price, $25 and under or $100 and under. You can shop by category, fragrances, handbags, and more. Or they've got gift lists, like for the mom who has everything, gifts that are already wrapped and ready to be gifted, or gifts for grandma. Top gifts include Beats headphones, digital photo frame, Polaroid camera. That would be so awesome to receive. Or my personal favorite, man, I would love to get this as a gift, Samsung Smart TV The Frame. Go to Macy's.com slash gift finder. Again, it's pretty easy. Just head on over to Macy's.com slash gift finder for the perfect inspiration for Mother's Day. All right, if you want to look cute and feel comfortable at the same time when you're, you know, at a festival or a concert because it's festival and concert season right now, it's got to be all about the boots. And Tacova's boots is where it's at. That is your stop before attending your next concert. I've loved my Tacovas anytime I wear them or I get a new pair. They feel comfortable on the first wear. I don't have to break them in. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. And all Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, which is super cool. They've got timeless styles that are always on trend. And really, you just got to stop by your local Tacova store, try them on for yourself, and see what I'm talking about. You can have a complimentary drink while you're there, shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized, which I love. And they've got regular live music and events. There's no in-store experience like it. 
If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about the incredible work being done by St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and ask you today to join me in becoming a partner in hope. When you make a donation to St. Jude, you're helping an organization that has helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And I can tell you from personal experience, that number and the hope that it brings is invaluable. What they are doing at St. Jude is making a huge difference. It is full of joy there, which a lot of families need at that time. They don't need to be worrying about travel, lodging, food, everything is paid for at St. Jude so that families can focus on their child that has cancer. Your support means families never receive a bill from St. Jude. It's only $19 a month. And when you sign up, you'll get the new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. Join me in helping St. Jude in the fight against childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. A friend was over for dinner the other day and, you know, we were just making conversation around the table, asking questions. And this friend said to my daughter, like, hey, what's something that makes your mom happy? And her response without missing a beat was clean countertops. Wiping down the countertops is a simple way for me to reset, especially when the smell is just right. And by smell, I'm talking about coconut. Coconut scented Clorox Sentiva is my go-to. And I personally love that she answered that without hesitation. That means she knows me well, and that's really special. And of course, yeah, I do love clean countertops. I love wiping them down. I will always choose the smell of coconut over anything. I don't know what scent matches your vibe, but there's coconut, there's grapefruit, there's lavender. And again, for me, it's always going to be coconut. My kitchen smells like a little tropical vacation when I use it. And I love that with Clorox, I know I'm getting a really good clean as well. So it's a powerful clean and a refreshing scent. Clorox Sentiva cleans like Clorox and feels like confidence. You can get yours now at a retail store near you. You know, we're sort of trained to be in a lose-win situation where to be a good person, you suppress your own needs in order to take care of others. This is certainly something that gets told to women and told to mothers, right? You know, just like we were talking about that cultural belief system around grief is a problem to be solved. Your job as a supporter is to take somebody's pain away from them. We have another cultural script that says it's not okay to advocate for yourself, that you need to make yourself uncomfortable before you make anyone else uncomfortable. And that is a lie. That's a lie, right? You use that analogy of, you know, when you're on an airplane, they say if you're traveling with young children or people who might need assistance, you put your own oxygen mask on first. When we're talking about this in terms of relationships and communication skills, what I often tell people is it should feel like you're doing something wrong when you advocate for yourself, right? Because we are so trained to suppress our own needs in order to meet the needs of others, even if we think the needs of others are not okay or not fair or they're being kind of a jerk, right? We have that so deeply embedded in ourselves that we need to put ourselves last in order to be good people so that when you start advocating for yourself, when you start saying, no, no, thank you. I'm not going to go to that party for you, right? Or no, I can't pick up your kids from school after I've already done 19 other things today and I'm about to collapse and I haven't eaten since four o'clock this morning when I woke up because the kid was crying. It should feel like you're doing something wrong because it's a new skill and a new habit, and a new practice. So in this situation, feeling uncomfortable is your sign that you're doing it right. I don't mean you should be a jerk. 
but it should feel like you are stepping outside of what being nice is. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. I was just thinking in my head, like you can be unkind, but you can also be kind. Actually, sometimes it's more of a, it's not unkind or kind. It's just you. That's right. It just is. Speak. It just is. Right. So let's let's use yeah. a really mundane example here. So let's say that you and I are, are friends and we happen to live in the same area. And that example that I just used, right? Like you're like, I need you to pick up the kids after school, whatever. Like I'm busy. I need you to go do this for me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I didn't sleep well last night. I've done 19 things today. I have a meeting right before I'm supposed to go pick up your kids from school. I can't do it. And I know you can, you just don't want to, right? <laughs> so I can say, I can't do that for you today. Now I'm pausing. See, there, there's a really uncomfortable pause right there because what we would normally do is give a lot of reasons, defend ourselves, say all of these things, right? Or like, make promises to quote unquote make it up to the person because we're doing them such a disservice right it's okay to say i can't do that for you today and you have the right to be upset about that right like maybe you expected me to do it it doesn't mean that you you assert a boundary and then suddenly like the bluebirds appear right being human is hard and it's awkward but it's okay to say those boundaries to say no to something now that's being kind and direct it's a kindness to me to advocate for myself. It's also, you know, if I just say, fine, I'll go pick up your kids, that's not really a kindness to you either because you're relying on something that is not terribly stable. And that's not good for our relationship if I'm pretending that I'm fine with something that I'm not because that's that sets up a really weird dynamic for us, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't want to get in that. So there's that is a kind and clear way to say no to somebody. Now, let's use an example of me being a jerk would be like, I'm not picking up your stupid kids. You always tell me to do this at the last minute. It's basically an attack. So when I say it should feel weird and slightly uncomfortable when you voice your own needs in a clear and direct way, I'm not saying that that is license for you to be a jerk. This is not like you bring out the whole arsenal of like every wrong you've ever done me. Clear, direct, kind boundary is not the same as being a jerk. But you should, I think, if you have been well-trained and you've spent most of your life people-pleasing and saying yes to things when you really wanted to say no, you're going to feel a little bit like a jerk, right? But just don't, yeah. just don't be a jerk. Don't yell at people. I think for a lot of people, there might be a lot of boundary setting yes. <laughs> coming up with uh, Christmas and, and, and family time too, regardless, yeah, of any grieving, all grieving aside, like sometimes boundaries just need. Yeah, yeah. These are human skills. Boundaries are human skills. And the more you practice them, the more they will become more natural to you. I am I am new to some of these skills just <laughs> this year, so I can speak from experience that, yes, it does feel weird and then also that if the other person is their feelings are hurt by your boundaries, like, yes, their feelings are valid. Mm -hmm. But what I've had to learn to do is how they are feeling. It's not my responsibility to worry about that. My therapist has had me look at it as like, I'm in my hula hoop, they're in their hula that's hoop, right. and I don't need to hop into theirs. Or you can look at it as like a lane, yeah. like that's their side of the street. This is my side of the street. And I can tell sometimes in relationships where I am I go over and I'm just hanging out on that side of the street and I have to correct myself because this is stuff that would give me so much anxiety and I would overthink it and I would worry about so much. I mean, it would keep me up at night and it was almost, it was adding to mm -hmm. all of the things going on in my life. It was like this ecosystem that was just feeding off of each other. And once I even learned how to set those mental boundaries inside my own head of like, uh, uh, 
I'm not going to go there today because that's actually is none of my business. Because, of course, I I don't want to ever hurt anybody's feelings at all. But if I know that I responded in a kind or even just a neutral, it is what it is way that was good for me and I wasn't being rude or trying to be hurtful, then, you know, how they process that is is on them. And if they're going to be mad at me for it, then that has nothing to do with me. Yeah, I think sometimes what we do is we conflate I did the right thing with it had a great outcome. You can be clear and kind and direct and the other person might have a really crappy reaction to that. That doesn't mean you did the wrong thing. So sometimes when we talk about like, you know, sit down with your family members and have a discussion about what each person might want for the holidays, like all of these really beautiful descriptions of how to navigate conversations with various people during the holidays, I can hear people going like, not in my family, like not going home for Christmas is not an option in this family. So real world stuff here, families are challenging. This goes back to what I was saying in the beginning is that even when life is hunky dory, the holidays are a stressful time because family systems are challenging, right? Family systems are challenging. There's roles, there's habitual ways of relating to each other. There's this person's need versus this person's need. So when you hear us talking about go have these conversations with your family, stand up for yourself with your friends, advocate for yourself, I know that families are messy. So we're not talking about if you get your words right, if you use the right language, everything will work out okay. That's not the math we're doing here. That I can't, no, does not math, right? What we're talking about here is just as you said, like inside your own hula hoop, I'm going to listen to myself and my own needs. I'm going to advocate for myself in clear, kind language. And I'm going to step out of the maelstrom if somebody comes at me in an unskilled way that doesn't feel good to me. I'm going to solve this argument by putting on my coat and walking out the door. Boundaries are not easy things. It's why we don't use them, right? Because people get mad and people get upset. And it's hard to hold your center when you've got a family member being like, but you need to do this and this is best for you and you're going to let down Aunt Mary and a tirade, man. Like it is hard to state a boundary within a system that is invested in you behaving the same way that you've always behaved. I love it. I mean, yes, I wish that as as much as I've learned this year, I wish that I'm like, oh, man, this should be a class in school, like Boundaries 101. <laughs> boundaries 101. <laughs> I'm working on it, babe. I'm working on it. I just feel like, yes, it would help with relationships so much if we weren't constantly. It's just it's a game. Yeah. It's like we're constantly living in this game. And it's and- so much easier when you stop playing. Right. It yeah. feels weird, but it's it is really stepping out of those habits, those relational habits. And, you know, again, like it's it's not our it's just like with grief, right? Like it's not your fault if you think that it's your job to cheer up a sad person, because look at all of our movies and all of our books, all of that sort of transformation narrative, something bad happens to you. And if you do it right, you'll come back even stronger than before. All of that stuff like we absorb that. And the same thing with boundaries don't have care of yourself, like everything we absorb says, don't have any needs, don't ask for anything, don't put anybody out, don't be a troublemaker, all of these things. Like, so of course, even knowing that it's okay for you to have needs that might be in conflict with somebody else's needs, like that is a revelation for a lot of people because that is just not the cultural mirage we're used to living in. So again, I come back to like, as you start playing with this stuff, it's going to feel uncomfortable. And that discomfort is a sign that you're on the right road. 
Well, thank you so much, Megan, for your wisdom as always. And I'm so excited that people are going to to have you as a tool and a resource. I know you've you've got the books and the the journal and different tools that are helping people, but to now have another podcast form here after with Megan Devine on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. And as you can hear now, she has one of the most soothing voices that you've ever heard. (laughs) So she'll be awesome to listen to every week. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) Well, thank you, Megan, so much. And I know that you'll be back on. You always have an open invitation to come on here if there's ever anything we need to go on. And again, we're excited to have you a part of the team and everything that you're putting out there. Keep doing it. There's so many people benefiting. Thanks. All summer, the best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, They have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. All right, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can really make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through things. Now, BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp.com. Hey, it's Amy here to talk about St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. For 60 years, St. Jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survival rate from 20% to more than 80%. And we need your help getting that number to 100%. And most important, your support means that families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, or food. That peace of mind means so, so much for these families. So join me in helping St. Jude in this fight. Become a partner in hope at musicgives.org. That's musicgives.org. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, well, just go to tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. 